everyone, and welcome to Bookends with Friends. This is your co-host, Parker Moon. I'm a lawyer and a doctor. This is Brett Irvin. As a kid, I stole a stick of gum from Walmart and cried about it. Daniel Phillips. We are a weekly book club podcast where uh, uh, three friends go over one book every month, and uh, we make f- we make friends along the way. Um, sometimes we read good books. <laughs> Sometimes sorry, we read good sorry, books. Sorry, guys. Tell, okay. I really just want Parker to tell me how he really feels, but we should save that until after short stories. Yeah, we'll save it after short stories. Um, this, this month, we read Catch Me If You Can by Frank Abagnale. That, it's a book episode. So, that, you know, once a month we go over a book. That's what we're doing this week. Um, thank you, listeners, for joining us today, um, for meeting with us in this uh audio space or do you think they're in their cars right now maybe or maybe, maybe the kitchen maybe washing dishes maybe on a walk on a walk sounds nice yeah. on a walk sounds nice we're gonna make um, that the best walk ever yeah hopefully ever. <laughs> hopefully this podcasting experience will be better than the reading experience <laughs> of catch me if you can sorry okay i'm God. showing my hand too much let's get into short stories jesus parker hated this book um, I did. Yeah, short stories. Let's let's roll into that first. Um, I'm still reading Akatar. I'm on book two. Almost done with nice. book two. Like like 30 pages away from finishing book two, which is A Court of Mist and Fury. Mist and Fury. Court of Mist yeah. and Furies. Uh, I made it past the, the Batwing sex, so that was exciting. Spoilers. Uh, sorry about that. Yeah, Brett, sorry. Go into detail. Oh, um, okay. So the Illyrian's wings are... No, you don't have to go into detail. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I'm just kind of trucking along that. I think I'm just going to roll into book three, just kind of just all at once this whole series. We'll see. Um, But yeah, it's going going fine. It's going good. It's going fine. It's going good. (laughs) Are you reading anything else? Anything on the horizon? No, nothing. I'm only reading Akatar. I think nice. it's affecting my personality. I hope in good ways. I'm I'm purring and bounding a lot more. Uh, oh, so bad, <laughs> bad, bad ways for sure. Bad ways for sure. Um, I I could have swore I actually had a short story to talk about, but now that I'm here, I don't think I do. Um, because Akatar really threw me off. Oh, that's, that's fine. Wait, fun fact. Uh, did you know there's dramatized audiobooks of Akatar? No, <laughs> doesn't. Oh no, that worries me. Like, does it include the groans and moans and noises? So I have the regular version from Hoopla. Um, and I'm doing like, I'll, I'll listen to it. Like if I'm on a walk and then I actually have like the physical copy too that I'm reading. So I'm, I'm more so just reading the physical copy. Um, but uh, good old Kate the Killer Hiller she did the dramatized audio oh, no! and okay. she was like, you have to try it. You have to try the dramatized. Did you audio. give it a shot? I, not yet, <laughs> but they are all on hoopla. And so I have, I have a question. This is a, a little like not to derail, but do you like dramatized audio of just anything? I, I talked about Lemony Snicket a while ago and book one right. was like, it was fun, but that's also like, a children's book and so it's like kind of whimsical i don't think i would like it in like a actual you know 600 page novel 
Because that's like, I mean, it's like it's 20 hours. It's like 20 hours right. of dramatized audio. Um, so the few times I've tried it, I find it distracting in a way that like, I, it's almost like there's, it's like sensory overload for yeah, me. Yeah. Um, and I can't like picture the scenes as well because there's all the like ambient noise and background noise yeah. and like overacting of, I don't know. I, it's, I just wanted to pick I've, your brain. I've never tried it for an actual like full length novel before. Wasn't uh, Carrie Soto sort of, there's sections of dramatized, like the interviews, like the sports things. So, so they that. definitely, I think they definitely like, um, you know, took cues from that and, you know, like weave that in. There was multiple narrators at, at certain parts. Um, and that, the like they had extent. the music, but yeah. So like the a typical dramatized audio will have like like if like a war's going on, there will be like background noise oh, of gotcha. like swords and shields yeah. clashing, or if there's like if they're in a ball, that you'll hear like dancing and like music while they're narrating the book. The big difference um, is yeah. the um, the way dialogue happens in the book is directly correlated to the dramatized audio. So like if someone shouts something, it won't say like so-and-so shouted, like it, the actor just yells. <laughs> and so like okay. it cuts off all of the, like the actual words of how people mm-hmm. say things. And they just convert that to like acting in the audio, which also distracts me, which is, yeah, that that's distracting. Also, um, the dramatized audio are in parts. And so if you did want to own these, you would have to buy each part, which like, they're not super cheap, Tempting. Uh, but it's like, it's like two to four parts per book. Like the shorter ones are two. I think two book to three is three parts. Per part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Leather bound dramatized audios. <laughs> Do you think there's a, uh, a market for, like one step further, like dramatized audios, 4D. but then you hire me, yeah, 4D to come like spit on you while, <laughs> while like so, like while someone's yelling, like the spittle coming off of them, yeah. or like if it's a, sure. if if the main character is taking a bath, I'm just gonna dunk you in a yeah. bucket of water. It's like uh, it's like the Stitch ride where it smells really bad. And oh, burp. not the chili dog burp. <laughs> exactly. Like that. Oh man, I wonder if that's everyone's written this stitch ride right that's not narrow casting people know what that is uh, surely not um but anyway what about what about you guys what are you up to brett has a public story i think um i do i forgot about that uh so uh i'll make it i'll make it quick let's just say theoretically you went to Publix one day yeah and you bought a bunch of stuff and you went through the checkout line. You said, hello. You said, oh, yeah, I found everything okay. I'm doing great. And then they said, oh, would you like to donate to the local food bank? And you mm-hmm. said, oh, yeah, sure. And you donate, let's just say, $5. Because you're like, oh, okay, yeah. And then you you go about your day. And then like two hours later, you have to go back to Publix uh-huh. and pick up one thing that you forgot. Yeah, yeah. And so... You go back through the line again. You say, yeah, I found everything perfectly okay. Um, got, got it all. Same person? And Same line? Different person. Different person. Okay. I think that's where if I could do it again, I would probably try to find the same person. Um, but they said, would you like to donate to the local food bank today? And I paused because in my head I was like, I did. 
obviously like I might be a terrible person. I like I, I don't did think you're donate a bad person, five dollars already in my so this is all in my that. head. And this is in like five oh. seconds of me being just like blankly staring at them. Um but I was like, yeah, I uh maybe maybe not not today. And they they kind of looked at me like, "Oh, okay, yeah. Don't worry. I won't judge you." And I was like, uh, "Okay." And I didn't know what to say back to that cuz I wanted to be like, "Well, no, I wasn't you shouldn't judge. I gave wow, earlier this guy. and I wanted to so now I just Brett, feel do you, I, so this is opening up another realm of questions. Do you donate every time someone <laughs> no. asks you to donate for something? No. And I usually don't do five that much. Yeah. I know. That's why I was like, that's part of the reason why I was like, if it was like a dollar before, I was like, I could have been like, yeah, another dollar. I thought you were going down like a Scott's Tot situation where you oh, accidentally donated yeah. five hundred dollars and you had to take back your donation. That would be so. That would be the oh worst yeah. That's save. that's worse. Yeah. <laughs> But no, no. It I was... feel like we've all been we've all been in that situation. The because uh, there, there's like a uh, like a pregnant pause after those questions where you yeah. have to think like, do I want to give money to Publix to so that they can write off that they've donated? Right. You, you know, exactly. it's, 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 it, there's a whole bunch of like moral quandary in yeah. there. But then also you're like, but this is a good cause. I should be generous with right. my with my money, yeah, dude. I get that. Yeah, you're, you should just cleanse your conscience of it. The fact that the guy was like, oh, don't worry, man. I won't judge you for it. And I was like, I wasn't. You, I, why would you judge me for that? <laughs> yeah, that's... He, like, he, saw I feel me like he like, made it worse. Yeah. He saw me like a deer in headlights trying to think of a way to explain myself. I don't know. I think you so. should hold on to that and think about it and feel bad about yourself. I mm. think I donated That's a good counterpoint. Yeah. I went. But, yeah. So that you should was leave my... right now to go donate more. <laughs> I'll be right back. You guys, you guys do this episode, and I'll be right back. Don't even buy anything. Just go to the the cashier and said, "Can I donate money? Yeah. <laughs> a direct exactly. donation from the public's yeah. checkout line." I'll find that guy and yeah. say, "Listen, I won't judge you." <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's my not as good as the other ones, but that was my oh no, it's my fine. Awkward, it, ha- it, ha- it happens. Experience. Yeah. Um. The only thing I got going on is I've been uh, like stupidly invested in this like TikTok uh, ban drama that's Mm -hmm. going on. Are you all familiar? Yeah. So just for the audience, if you're not familiar, if you don't care about TikTok or, or, you know, you aren't following this congressional hearing, good on you because it's really dumb. Uh, Essentially, there's a whole bunch of Congress people who are all up in arms trying to ban TikTok for whatever reason. Um, And the only thing that I wanted to talk about it was because everything's been said, right? Um, everything's been said, uh, uh, what needs to be said. It, it's it's dumb. The CEO has actually handled it super well. Um, I, I think like I've earned a lot of respect for him and how he handled basically being like verbally assaulted for five hours in the congressional hearing. Um, but I wanted to just talk that he gave a, a shout out to Book Talk, to the community um, during the hearing because they were trying to like I mean, the whole thing was like, gotcha, you know, journalism or, or, you know, they they were trying to get him to like, right. And they were trying to get him to stumble over things. They were like, how many people have you killed because of your platform? And he was like, none, you know, but so, so in one of those instances, they uh, brought up the fact that like some people are 
mean on the internet. Like literally, that was like their point. They were like, your your app is is spreading, you know, violence and anger. And of course, he was like, that's it goes against guidelines. We're doing everything we can to please it. But then he he talked about like the good of like communities that have been built, um, and like how like TikTok has has helped bring people together. And yeah. he specifically talked about the book talk community. And said that like it's helped increase people's reading and uh, like like it there there's been like noticeable tra- I mean he didn't get into all this but there have been noticeable like trends in uh like you know people buying more books than ever now especially in the younger generation um, and like Barnes and Noble seen a huge swing from it so I just wanted to bring like a little bit of good. Uh, conversation around this and also say that I thought it was pretty cool that that community got shouted out yeah, um, during what was a pretty disappointing display of our government at work. <laughs> I think if government is worried about people being mean on the internet, they are required to play one match of League of Legends per month. Yeah. to see how quickly people can get mean on the internet. Well, the, I mean, the whole thing is silly, right? Cause they're, they're like going after him about this stuff. And I mean, like, I, I don't even, I don't, I can't get into it cause it's too dumb, but they keep like providing examples. That's like, it's dude, that's every, that is right. every single, yeah. like, that's just the internet. That's not like, yeah. that's not yeah. new to TikTok. Like right. th- they were like, our kids are subject to bad language and, people being violent and it's like dude you let your kids play modern warfare 2 in 2008 they've heard the worst parts of humanity <laughs> like you know what are you what are you talking about yeah, so, streamed streamed live through an eight dollar xbox mic directly into their brain right exactly yeah god okay yeah okay well that's that's it i mean i i do think that there was cool stuff that came out of it namely the shout out to the book talk community so yeah. Very cool. um yeah, if you want book recommendations and you want to follow people who know more about books and and speak more eloquently than us three, TikTok's a good resource for that. <laughs> while it's still unbanned. While it's still unbanned, get it while it's hot, because who knows? <laughs> who knows? Um, let's get into this book. Let's do it. Okay, let's I'll, get I'll into this book. I'll do the quote of the week really quick. Who, yeah. who, who brought this? Who brought it was this me. quote? It was Parker. Okay, then I'm okay. I'll say the quote of the week, and then I just want Parker's synopsis and thoughts right off the bat. Let's just sure. let him air it out. How's it sound? Okay, fine with me. So, uh, first off, before we even get into this book, it's Catch Me If You Can, written by Frank Abagnale and Stan Redding. I could not find anywhere online how much Stan Redding actually wrote, or if he just wrote all of it, which is what I kind of assume. I I don't know. I could not find anywhere saying what the workload balance was of these two authors. Um, So who knows? So quote of the week, modesty is not one of my virtues at the time. Virtue was not one of my virtues. Live by it folks. (laughs) No, 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 no. So this, this one I brought, we don't, we don't live by this one. This quote of the week, we do not live by. Yeah. Anti quote of the week. Yeah. Do the opposite of Frank Abagnale. Okay, so give us um, a quick little summary of this book, Parker, if you're okay with that. And then we'll just just go into thoughts. I'm going to have a great time with it. Um, First of all, I would like (laughs) to issue a formal apology on behalf of Bookends with Friends to anyone who read this book uh, because of our podcast. Um, 
I mean, you know, I'm, I'm I, also, did you did the real, real quick sidebar? Do y'all know this cat's still alive? Yeah. yeah. He gives Frankie like, boy. He gives he's like, like 74 years old. I will also say like people did enjoy this book. So like if you enjoyed it, don't let us ruin your enjoyment of it. Oh yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, no, 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 no. This is, so the thing is, it's not so much an indictment. Like this isn't an indictment on anyone who enjoyed the book. Um, it is, I have a deep hatred for Frank Abagnale as a person <laughs> because of reading this. Um, I, I'm, okay, sorry, synopsis time. Go ahead. Before I get down the rabbit hole. It's essentially the tale of the, true in the, the biggest, uh, like, uh, quotes, like, you know, italicized, like, qu- yeah, air quotes, true story retelling of this criminal in the 60s, 70s, Frank Abagnale, who wrote fake checks and basically like staged himself as a Pan Am pilot and through a series of, of hijinks and uh, uh, swindling, he made somewhere uh, estimated around like $25 million by forging checks. Um, during this, he talks about his escapades of like how he did it and why he's a genius and all this stuff. Um, my this is this is the only one star review I have currently on Goodreads, <laughs> and it's funny because we talked last week briefly about how I I am like a really easy book yeah. reviewer, and I typically give books you know their fair share. Um, if, like if even I if see, I don't enjoy it, if I see it. a three star from Parker, I'm like, man, he did not enjoy that book. Right, which is typically true, but that, that's so that's a good point. Like the three stars for me is like, yeah, it's it's not for me, but it's still a book that could be for someone. In this case, I don't think this book should be for anyone because I think it actively does harm. <laughs> and so what what I want to talk about um, is I, I think this book while reading it, it gave me the uh, feeling of like um, like Wolf of Wall Street or uh, American Psycho, like that kind of stuff where there, there, there's sometimes that media is put out there. And my fear is that there will be people who consume that media and take it at face value and think like, oh, this person, this protagonist is a good person or a hero or should right. be emulated. Right. Um, this book is essentially uh, Frank's diary of, of him talking about his like sexual escapades. He he treats, I mean, honestly, the, the thing that bothered me the most is, is he, he just objectifies women the entire time and, and yeah. the worst kind of ways. Like women are not, people to him all he cared about was the sexual gratification that he could get from them and then he was i mean he was just a master manipulator and when in in his in his story move on from women to women which i also question because i just i i mean i i think all, so much of this is lies <laughs> um man i sorry my blood's boiling i can't even <laughs> no, think clearly right now um you're good but so I mean I mean that's that's kind of the book though it, it yeah. reads as like this guy who's like trying to his his best to convince you how cool he is which is also just like a big ick you know I I'm not fond of people who like go out of their way to like talk themselves up or to like I don't know just like brag about how smart they are how handsome they are the cars that they drove the sex that they had like it it just it it feels gross 
Um, and it, it was just like very like self inflation for the 200 whatever pages that this book was about like how, how cool he was for doing crime. It, yeah. it was a long nine hour audiobook. <laughs> I'll say that. It, it was, um, it was. So here's, here's my issue with the book. And I've already said this to you two already. Um, there's a lot of media, like you said, like Wolf of Wall Street. There's there's a lot of media like this where the main character is not the good guy, right? And a lot of those movies do really well. I mean, like the little bit different, but Dahmer was like the most popular show a few months right, ago. Right, right, right. Where like the, the point is like these are bad people, here are their lives. The issue that I have with this book, it's written as a bio, like autobiography in the first person. And so if it was a different style, the story could be good. But I completely it's, agree. It's written in a way of kind of like you said, of like hyping up yourself. Yeah. Where it gets a little exhausting. Not a little. It gets exhausting because each chapter... And the chapters are long. You know, I think there's only 10 chapters in this book. Each chapter is, uh, I got away with this because I'm smarter than this person, which just sounds so like it's so much harder to digest coming from the first person rather than an outside view of this man's life. And so that. For the if it was book. document like documentary style of someone just laying out the facts on yeah. uh, on face value, int- this is interesting. And um, something that I said in my Goodreads review is like this is one of the few cases that I can think where like the movie is so much better than the right. book, and it's because it's not as like first person, right? You're like yeah. you're watching the you, right, a- a- exactly, and, and you're watching this like theatricized version where you can separate it like the fact right, that it right. is a real person who actually did these things to people yeah because c- compare compare this with and i thought i brought three movies one of them being wolf of wall street where you you understand like he's a bad person e- even if people well some don't, people do yeah, exactly even if people think oh wow this guy this guy's in the right he's so cool Wolf of Wall Street, the founder with Michael Keaton, which is the McDonald's, uh, yeah, McDonald's movie, which same deal, and Social Network, Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook are three examples of like almost you know, obviously they're movies, they're theatrical, but documentary style, like information dumps rather than just hearing. Uh, like someone's inner thoughts on what they were doing, which is just a, a lot. It's the grossest diary I've ever read. Is <laughs> is how I'd say it, it's like a male I've, fantasy I've read diary too. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I mean, it's like a toxic male fantasy for nine hours of audiobook that I listened to, and it's just the pits, man. It sucked the moon right out of the sky for me every time I had to listen to it. I. I was like grating my teeth. It was right. just painful. And the the unfortunate thing is there's like a f- there's sections within each chapter where he gets into like the world of forgery and he explains like the like method of how it's yeah. done and stuff like that and for like a few minutes while you're listening to those parts you're like okay this is super interesting right. that mm-hmm. he was able to come up with this that he figured out this way to do this but then he's like 
And then you know what I did? I spent that money on a girl. And it just, <laughs> like he gets back into, like Parker said, the male fantasy aspect yeah. of it. And you just like, you, you just roll your eyes every time because you're like, Jesus, like, why, like, why does this have to go back? Why, why do we have to go back to this so often? And it, like you said, it's also very manipulative and, yeah. Uh, you know, so this I was gonna I was gonna bring this up. This this was a, the the first big red flag for me. Oh, well, y'all kind of told me beforehand because y'all had started the book before I did. But early on in the book, he's talking about his relationship with his mom and his dad, and yeah. he casually drops in that his dad was twenty eight when he married his mom at fourteen or fifteen. And, oh, I totally missed that. Oh yeah, no, he said that, oh. and then he continues to talk about how great his dad is. Like just like nonstop talks about how good his dad is. Yeah. Um, and I just, I mean, I, I don't know for sure, but it gave me big pause about his dad's character. And then also about this guy who's idolizing this, this man who married a 14 year old at the age of almost 30. I so, absolutely missed that. Um, yeah. and yeah, that's, that's awful. But the, the, like you, like you were saying earlier, it's interesting how when the movie came out, Scorsese who directed it. Pick, you can tell what he picked and choose and like ad- adjusted to make it for a movie because a lot of the stuff would have been like, uh, what? Because, you know, in the movie, his dad is like, he met his mom after the war and stuff right. like that. And it's just like a heartwarming, like love story or whatever. And then it's just, it's just interesting to see the parts that were adjusted. Obviously, like, you know, the movie, he wants it to be an entertaining movie and probably wanted to avoid the, um, the, the, big the yikes. creepy. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's interesting to see that the transition because, yeah, knowing, watching that and then going into this, I was very much like, this would be such an interesting story and it'll go more in depth on like, what he did and like how he got away with it. And it just, it almost feels like, like Mm. Dan was saying, like a fictional story of like, like a, some sort of like Robin hood adventurer. But then it's just like, it turns real quick to, it's like a philanderer whose (laughs) only goal is to just like, before we get too far, I did just think of a really good pro for this book. Yeah. Um, so I want to, I want to give a, I want to take a step back and talk about pro. Okay. So you know how, everyone in our generation has been gaslit by the generations prior who talk about like the good old days. And then they also talk about how like men weren't that bad back in the day. Yeah. (laughs) This, this book proves it wrong. This book, (laughs) this book did like fuel, like honestly in in a way where I'm like, you know, I, I was like, Oh, Hey, we've actually made progress as, as you know, as hard as that is to say, because like, I know that there are still like, just the worst type of of men and people in our society today but i mean frank abagnale sucks like he just he's just the pits well, and parker the difference is um forging checks and stealing money isn't isn't bad but doing uh drag is bad that that's right. <laughs> that's god. what they don't want they don't want drag god right exactly <laughs> they want cool guys like cool they guys. want really cool guys like frank abagnale but like so i mean his whole thing also and i don't know if, if this also bothered y'all but like not only was he gross the entire time but every single time he talked about other men in the books it was like them doing that like Eh, eh, like el- elbowing each other about like the <laughs> girls that they were having sex with like he, he would be like oh you're you're probably off with the ladies i wish i was you like that you know like people would be it, it, talking to him and saying like 
oh man, I get it. Save one for me and stuff like that. Yeah. And I was just like every single time I wanted to vomit. And I was just, I was just so tired. I was so tired <laughs> by halfway through this book of like, was this the how the world was? Because I am now reassured that uh, we're, we've made progress. We've also made progress to, uh, even if all of this is true, um, <laughs> this cannot happen. Because like, Someone pulling off a con like this in 2023 is going to be infinitely smarter than someone doing this. Yeah. Like he and, I like he really mm. just has confidence, right? He's got a exactly. lot of confidence. It makes me think of like the John Mulaney bit where like old robbers would like fire their last yeah. name into the side of the crime <laughs> yeah, scene. <laughs> That's kind of what like draws you into this kind of story because it's it like originally. Um yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it's 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 a thing that it, it's almost like the old West. It's like, it's a thing that could not happen today. One, because like check fraud is infinitely harder. Um, and we'll get into like his history because he became rich off of being working for the banks to prevent check fraud after all of this. But it's just something, it's just like all of the things that he does would be absolutely impossible in our day and age. Like with technology and all that kind of stuff back then, it was a handshake and a like and a you know wink to like trust me, like I have a degree from whatever kind of stuff. And that's yeah. I mean, he goes into that and you're just like, what the heck? How does he get away so, with this? But yeah, it it's I, yeah, I, I agree completely. I, I want to talk on two points. Um, the second point will circle back to what you were just saying, Brett um, and Dan. First point, though, because Dan, you mentioned uh, just a second ago that like it's kind of a story about how like confidence can like really get you places. And I yeah. saw a review, a five star review on Goodreads where someone this is a, like a, a an attempt at the quote. It's not quote you know word for word but they said like con man really proves that the the con is for confidence or so I, it's yeah. not like he's a confidence man i don't agree i like i i get where people are saying and i do think that there is a um a a really good virtue that like or, you know about confidence and about how confidence is important and can get you places what frank abagnale has is narcissism and and like he's a sociopath like there and i think there should be a clear distinction between someone who is confident puts their best foot forward and that allows them to establish opportunities right and someone who will manipulate and lie to take advantage of people <laughs> without having a shred of guilt which allows them to do ridiculous things yeah. right because i think that's a big part of this story is the only reason this happened is because most people aren't awful enough to do these. Th like a lot of this. And in fact, almost all of the instances where he like got away or like narrowly escaped justice was because someone was trusting and someone was kind yeah. and he manipulated that. And that drove me insane. <laughs> it, I don't know. I just like it. It, it drives me crazy because I, I see that like, how it, it, it can very easily be misconstrued of like, oh yeah, confidence, uh, you know, that's what made him successful. And, I, and I'm like, no, it, he's a sociopath. Like the, it, 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 he it's was- like Confidence with a lack of empathy or- Right, exactly. your own actions, yeah. Right, exactly. Like, he was a doctor that could have easily killed someone. 
Yes. And like, <laughs> he's like, someone could have given him the flight controls. And I, I do believe if he was a pilot and someone passed him the flight controls, he would try to land to a do plane. It. Like yeah. his confidence would allow him to think, oh, I could do this. I've been up here long enough. I know what's going on. Yeah. For and sure. he would kill hundreds of people. Yeah. Um, my second point though was I do uh I do think it's interesting because the so the one thing I guess of like uh like uh, the the train of thought that this took me down on that I, I appreciated or at least thought was like interesting was okay, so what does that look like in today's day and age, right? Because clearly like this type of scam can't be pulled off yeah. because of the security around cha- ch- checks and like the internet and electronics have really like, like physical security has become so much more important. But on top of that, I believe that like, uh, like hackers and, um, you know, you, you hear stories of like, uh, uh, uh like modern day, like hackers using like phishing scams yeah. and, and like the, different like faceless so, sort of criminals. Right. And, yeah. and different sort of like uh, like software uh, scams to like hold companies hostage and then they get away with it. I feel like there will be this type of story, you know, told in 30 or 40 years, oh, always. Uh, you know, about like the, the current version of that. Right. It just yeah. looks different because as as we've progressed into a new new system, a new ecosystem of, of technology and how money's exchanged, I think there are people who have, you know, risen up to the challenge sure. from that side, like from the crime side. So I, I think like there's there's interesting conversation or discussion to be had there, but I don't know. Man, I hate Frank Abagnale. That's all <laughs> I got to say. <laughs> um, oh, boy. Let's- Let's talk about the, and I think part of the reason for our, for the experience is that we all listened to the audiobook, which didn't do any favors to the writing because it was very much audio spoken, read as, as like a seventies or eighties, like douche. <laughs> um, yeah, I, well said. I texted you guys because it's very much like a, I, I can't even, I don't even want to try to do the voice, but it's very oh, much. Oh, do just, the voice. I, try, try the voice. I don't want to try. <laughs> Dan, Dan, give us the voice. Oh, and I've got some checks and I'm going to go get me some gals. I'm going to. Some gals and foxes. I'm going to go get me yeah, some foxes in my nice new car. Right, exactly. It's very much just that. It, it, it fits it's the. It's snarky. Yeah, it fit. Yeah, exactly. It fits the writing too well. To you're just like, oh my god, like stop with <laughs> with these stories because <laughs> it's just like if this if you were to like rip this out to its bare bones and just tell the story of what he did, it would it would at least it would be an interesting thing of like how this criminal got away with what he did for like just you know, document, like you guys said, like documentary yeah. viewing, like, it's like, you're, you're not saying that what he did is like a good thing, but you're, it's just like to watch and see the actual what history. Person, yeah, right. exactly. You're just like watching the history of it. But yeah, it's the audiobook was so tough with that. And it just, I could only do it for certain, certain 
time periods because you just get so tired of the guy's voice. And you could tell in the most wild places, he's like in jail and you're like, okay, we're safe from any like of his like sex Never fantasies safe. or like comments. And Never somehow safe. in like prison and like a hole, he's able to like go on a tangent and talk about like, oh, that's a girl that I <laughs> dated for a while and I <laughs> used her family. And you're just like, why can just stick to this story stuff? <laughs> yeah, he, he had apparently he had girlfriends who were willing to throw away their lives at the drop of a hat just to be with him one more time, which um, I, I think we, we've gotten too far into the podcast without me bringing this up. But weirdly enough, I we stumbled upon an article that came out like a week, a week and a half ago where um, a. Uh, like a a university or a school had Frank Abinell come and speak about his true story and about his book. And one of the people listening who, who was educated and knew a lot about the check system and, and the financial system and, and uh, you know, just essentially they just scrutinized it. They're like, I don't know if this is real. And the more they started to dig into it, they actually like were, were mad because they, felt like they were being lied to while Frank Abinell was speaking to this day about his stories. They found out that most of, or like a large portion of what he talks about is completely falsified in the book. Yeah. Um, namely, he was never a doctor. He was never a lawyer. Or he lawyer. was never a professor, yeah. which like that makes this read. And that honestly is really what solidified this one star to me. Because I I disliked him enough as a person talking about his, you know, uh, crime and how he got away with it. And also with like the callous, uh, like narcissism that he has. Um, But then to find out near the end of reading this that most of what I read was also just blatant, like, lies. Like, like, and, and we joked about it when we were texting about the book, but like. You know, it's it's shocking that a, a liar found out that, you, you know, that we found out that a liar was lying about his lies. You know, like, it, it's just right. it's just that thing. Like, he, he never stopped. And so, it, like, this book that he's now made a ton of money on and he's going and speaking at, like, conferences and now is, you know, a, a, a figure for, like, this story. A movie's been made about him. He, he has this book deal. It's all fabricated. And oh, yeah, uh, he did it. He pulled one. He pulled one last con. Right, like that seems like the worst and and biggest con of them all is that like all of his exciting adventures were not real. And so like the the real stuff was like the check swindling. Like he did yeah. do that, and like he 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 forged checks, and he was a Pan Am pilot. But there's so much of this that's like grandiose lies about how he was begged to be a doctor for a little while. And then how he forged himself to be a lawyer and like all of this stuff that's just like not true. And makes me feel sick to my stomach that I read it and that other people have read it and that people for years have believed it. Coming to AMC theater near you. Catch me if you can too, which is the story of Frank Abagnale selling (laughs) his life story and catch me if you can't want to make millions and millions of dollars. Well, (laughs) so movie deal. So you mentioned, you mentioned that he, and I do suggest going to his Wikipedia page to just it's it's like super long and super interesting of going into what Parker just said. All of it basically breakdowns a lot of his claims. 
and talks about people, you know, questioning that and the controversy over what he said he did. Um, and based on, you know, my reading of it, he was arrested a lot more times than he talks about in the book. Like him, um, him saying he was a professor may have been related to he tried to be a professor one time, but he said like when he met with the the faculty of it was like I think it was LSU or a, a college in Louisiana that he tried to do it to, um, and they knew immediately and said that it was obviously fraudulent. Like he was obviously <laughs> so a lot of his stuff is like he may have attempted to do some of that, but like. A lot of the times, and like a lot of it, you may not even have attempted, but like, like the teaching thing, he, he said he tried to do it, but they like immediately knew that he was lying and, uh, and he was like arrested for that and like spent two years in pursuit. So it's, it's very much like, like Parker was saying, it's definitely go read about like the story behind the story. Um, but he, and I I need to look into this further, but his biggest thing is that after all of this and in the movie, he said, you know, he had a relationship with the FBI or in the book, he said, I guess the book ends really abruptly. Um, and Dan told us beforehand. And when I got to that part, I was even taken aback of like, wait, what? Like he escapes being captured and then it immediately ends and doesn't go into anything else. And you're like, wait, what's going on? Like mid scene too. Right. And so, uh, he claims that he had a relationship with the FBI where they let him out on parole to help with check. Like he became like a consultant for, for check fraud. And I think he eventually did again, I need to look further into this, but I think he eventually did make like a good bit of money being a consultant for major banks and stuff in like, the check fraud like department. paid off what he had stolen. Right. That's, I'm not sure. That's actually, I need to look into that. Um, yeah. because another thing, it's just, it's a right. flip. It's but no one knows. <laughs> he definitely made, if it's true, then he did make money off of being a, like writing his life with air quotes and becoming somebody that tried to help. But then again, it's like, was he trying to help or did he realize he can make money off of that? And so it kind of goes back into like, did he actually, ever you know pay for his the crimes that he committed kind of thing because he clearly um in some way shape or form is making money off his story or his abilities yeah to yeah the french prison was too kind that was my takeaway the 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 french prison that he like complained about being so brutal and how he was losing his sanity and all that stuff and how they had they didn't treat him like a human by that point in the book I was rooting for the French. I <laughs> wanted that prison to start ramping up their their torture. <laughs> I was so just tired of it, especially because that was like right off the heels of his manipulation of the college girls. Yeah, which that felt the grossest to me during all of it. Which like, it, I mean, all all of it was gross, but him being like that, they're like teacher oh, for the, the way, like, like stage the pilots and then to them and stuff yeah and the way he talked about how he was like and they all tra- like every single right. one of them tried to make sexual advances toward me but He's i like, mostly said no right. and it's like dude you suck like you're gross <laughs> this isn't a brag this is not a brag yeah oh buddy the it's it's that part of the book it's i i feel like they're trying to 
he's trying to get sympathy from the reader talking about it. But the whole time, like Parker said, you're just like, I mean, like, I don't feel bad for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then when he gets to like Sweden and then I don't even know if this section was true, but he gets to Sweden lies to the judge there who I'm sure that was an awful moment when the guy is just like, you know, I trust that you are going to turn over a new leaf yeah, and be and better like, if you go back to America. Right. And he's like, oh, I, I, I feel bad, but nah. I broke it 18 hours late. Like, I broke that <laughs> promise 18 hours later or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I read that. And I was just like, God, you suck. And then also, like, the way he wrote about the Swedish, uh, like, their their Prison government, system? FBI. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, oh, he, he the, was writing it like those women, like those right. cops were, like, interested in him right. sexually. Like, or yeah. just, it, it, it felt so weird. I'm like, dude, you can't. You, he literally couldn't write about a woman without being objectifying and disgusting, like it, without objectifying them and just like degrading. I, I yeah. ju- God, I can't say enough how much I hated being in his head as a reader. <laughs> yeah, and and like we talked about, that was that was written in, I guess, for a. We we've talked about like how much was him and how much was yeah. this other yeah, author, yeah. and it's like. Clearly written for a different era of reader. I mean, the book who, is pretty old, right? When? Yeah. And so it's, you just have to wonder, like, obviously it didn't, the content didn't age well, but it's like, was this, I guess this was a hit for that, con- that specific. Cause it's like, you go back and I, there were the interesting sections, like I said, where just business, like he talks about how the things happened you know, how right. the airlines yeah. worked, all that kind of stuff. And it's it that you're just like, that's when you're like, okay, this is all right. It's like and a breath of fresh air. Immediately like gets ripped away. Right. Um, by yeah, the, the book came out in 1980. So, so like yeah, 43 years ago, um, yeah. right in the middle of the, the cool guy, male con man, cowboy era. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, Parker, if it makes you feel better, the Broadway show wasn't even on Broadway for a year. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Does that make you? Feel- I don't know. You know, it's one of those things where, like, Broadway show's good. <laughs> I enjoy. I'm the trying show. to. I'm trying to separate my disdain for the man with everything that's come out of it. Cause like the movie, I, I shouldn't dislike the movie more now. I really, I really loved the movie before. Yeah. Reading this book, I don't know that I'm gonna be able to separate this book now from the movie because I have so much disgust for Frank Abagnale. Yeah. Um, but like there are people who've worked on the movie and, uh, you know, the Broadway show who are probably good, decent people who had nothing to do with this. So like, I, <laughs> yeah, I probably, yeah, I, you know, I, I hope that those people were able to be successful and <laughs> get something out of this bad. I do uh, think bad. I do think if we had read it, it would have been maybe not, not, not to say that it would have been like, we not would have to had let go voice, any of though. the bad stuff, but I almost am like, man, if I had read it and like, maybe with the movie imagined like Leonardo DiCaprio being the one that was like talking, it would have been not, not any of like the, the, the women related sections, but like the other stuff you would have been like more, more tolerable. interested I don't know. That 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 audio was rough. It was it was hard. Nothing against his his talent and his work, but it was too 
it was too much. And yeah, I mean, he acted it well. I hated yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He did a good job. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's all I have. <laughs> Catch me if you can. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I really hope our listeners had a better time. Or, I, I or say, I, hear me out, didn't read this one. <laughs> it, hey, guys, we're going to give you a pass. If you don't read this one, totally fine. I will say... We got a we got an email pretty early on in the month from Jadez, and she she genuinely loved the book. She had never seen the movie. She had right. never, you know, that this is our first experience with it. And it's like I said, like the story, factual or real, is fun. Like it is a it's fun interesting story. at least it's right. interesting. Yeah. It's fun. the The first person just is not the route I wanted to consume it from. Can I completely agree. If this was third person and if it was written about his life, I think I probably still would have been able to enjoy it. Um it being a a diary of this male toxic fantasy stuff for 9 hours that I Right. We all we all audiobooked it too, which again, I I think we've nailed on the head it didn't help. Um but yeah, it was rough. Hey. What are you gonna do next? Next month book, hopefully higher, higher standards, higher ratings from Parker. Yeah, what are we? What are we reading next month? It's a Sword of Kaigen by M.L. Wang. Oh, sweet! I'm yeah. I'm really excited for that one. <laughs> Let me go back to fantasy that I like that I that I want to read. <laughs> not fantasy that you don't like. Not, 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 male, not fantasy. male fantasy. Yeah, gross eighties <laughs> hey, male like power trip if anything it was fun to talk about if anything it was fun to talk about and fun to commiserate with you guys about um i'm just glad that i did i wasn't the only one who felt this way while reading it i would have felt really bad if if i if we would have talked about it and y'all have been like oh i loved this book i'm still waiting for the book i i i'm counting down to the days where two of us really liked a book and one of us hated absolutely hates it because i think that'll be a fantastic episode did you forget about two months ago when we talked about tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow oh shoot yeah i hate that book. <laughs> <laughs> wait wait a second wait a second i will say oh boy go check out the wikipedia page if anything okay. that'll be more of what we are talking about as being like the third person review of his life that yeah. is an interesting read yeah because it gets into the claims against it it gets into um, I think the thing Parker was talking about where it's like the incident, his speaking incident, where he, they tried to give him like an ethics award um, and people were like, what the hell <laughs> in the audience? Um, but yeah, so go go read about that because it is that that section of it is an interesting read okay. to to follow up what you've heard. And so you can rest assured that... <laughs> And and watch the movie. Enjoy the yeah. movie if you if you can. Yeah. I, yeah. The thing that's crazy about this is my first uh, introduction to this story was through the Leonardo DiCaprio movie with and Tom Hanks, and I, I genuinely enjoyed it, which was why I was so intrigued right. to read this book. I, I thought like, oh, this is gonna be super fun to you know relive this story right. with more context. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what man, I was wrong. All I remember <laughs> is. In the in the interview, the Johnny Carson interview that I told you guys about that he did long ago, um, he he talk he mentions being like a teacher and like like 
passing the bar, like actually passing the bar exam, stuff like that. And so, you know, it doesn't go into a ton of detail in the movie about some of that stuff. And so you're just like, wait, what? Like, how did he get away with this? And so you want to like dive into that. And then it was a little bit of a bait and switch on that. So th- there was that, there was content about that, but then there was a lot of other stuff as well. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Any closing thoughts? Uh, no, nothing from me. Nothing from me. Brett? I think that that was probably my closing. Yeah. Go check out the Wikipedia. <laughs> okay. My, my closing thoughts is that Frank Abagnale, the real man, can suck my farts. If I, <laughs> if I were to ever see him on the street, I would kick him right in the shins. <laughs> I love that. God. Okay, well, we'll bookmark it there. Um, send us your thoughts on this book if you read it at... Uh, Bookends with friends at gmail.com. Send us all of your uh, Akatar fairy smut if you find any images online to frank.abagnale at gmail.com. Um, no, it would definitely be frankabagnale.com. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, send, send all that he fairy, has his smut, own website. fairy smut straight to him. He'll, he'll really enjoy that. He well, told now, me they, that now you person. can do dot other things. So it's probably frankabagnale dot frankabagnale. <laughs> instead of god um where was i i don't know uh thank you jacob robinson for intro and outro music and maddie moon for the cover art thank you all thank thank you all (laughs) thank you parker for just bringing his heart to this episode huh yeah i laid it all on the line and um i don't regret anything i've said i I feel like i wasn't vicious enough i mean uh, classic french prison over here <laughs> yeah, join us on our uh join us on our blog where we get more in depth on <laughs> on that. God. How much we hate Frank Abagnale. Um okay, that's that's it. I, I love you listeners, um and, and you you boys for doing this podcast. We'll be back next week. Um, like Dan said, uh pick up Sword of Kaigen and and have that read by the end of April. Um and otherwise the real books were the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs>